this week on You're Invited. Most weeks I get my wife to read over my entries at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the process and she'll sometimes say, you know, this one that you're gonna include is, is not funny. I usually write too many entries uh, deliberately because I find that my first 25 entries are not necessarily gonna be my best entries. Freaks, humor geeks, folks whose tongues are in their cheeks. Welcome to the Style Invitational. Misfits, wags and wits, folks who laugh at naughty bits. Here's a show that's fun and educational. You will meet our leading losers and learn the way they think. Take their tips and maybe you will see your name in ink. Empress Pat, aristocrat, she'll put out the welcome mat, so get in line and file in, soon you will be smiling, welcome to the Style Invitational. Welcome to episode four of You're Invited, where we geek out on all things related to the Style Invitational humor column in the Washington Post. I'm your host, Michael Gibbs, and I'm delighted to be talking to today's it loser, Wunderkin Duncan Stevens. Welcome, Duncan, to the show. Hey, Mike. It's good to be here. You're, you're the real hot loser these days. You're racking <laughs> up inks. You're, you're in the Washington Post more often than Trump is mentioned. So, <laughs> Hopefully that will be, uh, I'll be in there much more than him in the very near future because yeah. I'll stop mentioning him at all. Let's dive right in. First of all, tell us a little about yourself. What do you do? Where do you live? I live in Vienna, Virginia, um, and I'm an attorney. I work at the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, meaning I, I do banking law, which is, um, for most people, is exactly as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> I've developed a sort of taste for it, but it's definitely nice to have a diversion at the end of the day that's, uh, that has nothing to do with banking. So, and I have, uh, I have a couple of, uh, couple of kids. Um, we've lived in Vienna for about 18 years, and it's... Uh, I find things to do in Vienna, but the style invitational is definitely among my very favorite diversions. I find that maybe it's just because we're in Washington and people have government jobs or jobs that sound dry, but I was talking to Eldon and he was telling me that, that he was working in the government and Chris Doyle, you know, I think he was um, actuarial work for the Navy. And he was and at the Pentagon. I believe a lot of other people, I mean, maybe it's just a function of where we are, but people who have very straight-laced sounding or stiff, highly regulated jobs really let their freak flag fly with the style invitational. <laughs> you think there's or something to that? I think so. It's actually surprised me how many people at the FDIC have come up to me and said, hey, I saw you in the paper. I'm a big fan of the style invitational, so it's exciting to see you in there. So it's, I think there is something in that, and that even those who don't contribute those in government jobs who, who don't contribute to the style invitational read it voraciously. I'm sure Pat will be happy to hear that. She's always looking for uh, you know, more of an audience. So how did you get introduced to the style invitational? You kind of came in like maybe like seven years ago and had a couple of inks early on, and then you went on a tear and you know, now you're up in the hundred plus inks a year. Yeah, well, I'd been a longtime reader. When I moved to DC in 2000, I got a subscription to the Post and I discovered the Style Invitational. I was, I was instantly a reader, but for a long time, I wasn't really a submitter. And when I was a submitter, it was very sporadic and it was not, not with a lot of thought or effort. I would sort of 
uh, as I had this sort of ritual, I would think, oh, that looks like fun. And then the deadline would, uh, would come up and either I would scribble something and send it in or I would just miss the deadline entirely. So that went on for a number of years. I finally got, I think I got my first ink in 2012, but it was maybe a couple inks that year, maybe a couple the next year. But what finally got me submitting more regularly was I had some, some church friends who had spotted the very sporadic ink I was getting and they were big fans of the style invitational and, and they would say, well, I saw you a couple weeks ago, but I didn't see you this week. Why didn't I see you this week? And I, I said, oh, I didn't get around to it this week. Well, you need to get around to it, get around to it next week. So they kind of, uh, to some extent, shamed me into submitting more regularly. <laughs> and when people from church shame you into doing it, you know you got to take it seriously. Exactly. Right? They have a lot of moral authority, those, <laughs> those church friends. When I was talking to Eldon, in last week's show, he was talking about loser arcs, so people who kind of dominate over periods of time. And of course, you're, you're probably familiar with Chuck Smith and then went through other people like Russ Beeland and Chris Doyle and more recently, um, Jesse Frankovich. And he was saying, we might be at the end of the Frankovich era, at the beginning of the Stevens area. Now, I don't want to put the curse on Jesse, but you're doing pretty well. And it's quite a big deal to be ahead of people like him like Chris Doyle and all these other folks that, you know, rack up huge amounts of ink. And how do you do it? What's the secret to your, to your success? See, the, the thing is, I don't have a single process because every contest is a little different. And in particularly for the recurring contests, I have, different, I have a different process for different types of contests. So with the mess with your heads contests and the questionable journalism contests, I'll, I'll sort of take those serially. I'll, I'll look over the paper every day and pick out some headlines. So the mess with your heads contest is the contest to take a headline in the post or some other publication and write a funny bank headline for it, a drop headline. Um, and questionable, questionable journalism is you take a sentence in the post and write a question that it could answer. For those, I just sort of pick up the paper every day and start browsing for headlines or for sentences that I could make up a, a question that it'll, it'll answer. For other contests like the horses, I will actually follow a process that's similar to what Chris, Chris described, where I'll write up sort of associated words or synonyms and come up with a word file and then start generating combinations or phrases and seeing whether there's a hit in my, uh, in my word file. Um, so those are the process for, for some of the contests. For others, I would often brainstorm in the Metro when I was taking the Metro uh, so now, now I don't have the commute time, <laughs> so I have to sort of build in time, like you know, break time during the day to say, okay, I'm, I'm tired of staring at this brief, now I need to stare at something else. So, it's, uh, so different contests are different, but there are some, some contests that reward a sort of systematic approach where I'm working through the horse combinations or working through the paper, and some that reward a, a more free form. I'm going to take five minutes and come up with 10 ideas, or I'm going to take um, I'm going to take 20 minutes and and round my ideas into shape. So I, I guess there isn't a single answer, but for some, I'm, I have a very set process. And for others, I just sort of, uh, I, I kind of wing it and jot down the, my ideas on a notepad whenever they come to me. And you're one of the folks who scores well, in seems like in all contests. I see you pop up everywhere. So you obviously have different processes and, and ways you come up with your entries. As a matter of fact, I think I called out one of your entries last week in the four cartoon trope contest. I forget what it was, but that is somewhat of a closed universe. You're dealing with 
whatever is depicted in the picture, but you could sort of make up your, your, your own. But like this coming week, for example, the 14s with make up your own word that will have 14 points in Scrabble. That can be almost anything. That's, that's like, I call those like the unlimited universe case where, the, where others are like the closed system where they give you like very, the word search puzzle thing where you make words. That's a closed system while this one is almost an infinite universe. Do you have a preference between the ones that give you tight rules and the ones that let you do whatever you want? In fact, I do like the ones with the confined universe, which is ironic because I suggested this 14er contest to Pat, thinking, well, this would be you know, a, a fertile contest where, where, where it's, it was appropriate because we we're coming up on week 1400. And because I'm a Scrabble fan, and I, because I enjoyed the last time we did this, it was Scrabble tiles adding up to 13 rather than 14. It sort of occurred to me as another, something else that might be fun. But it is, as you say, uh, more open-ended. And I do like the, the Scrabble grams where there's a very closed universe and the, and the word grids. So they're, they're both fun. I think, but I think my favorite type of contest is like mess with your heads or questionable journalism, the sort of contest where you're reinterpreting something, you're putting a different spin on, on something and you're, you're, making, you're making someone read it differently or, or find a funny alternate, alternative meaning. That's the sort of thing I, I tend to go for. So those are the, some of the recurring contests I like. Which ones don't you like? Chris mentioned joint legislation and I kind of agree with him. That's not a, not a favorite because often the results, my own results feel very strained. I, I think, okay, I managed to get this, get this pun out of this, but is anyone else ever gonna, gonna be able to get this? And, and reading the results, like about half of them I will see on the first read and half of them I won't see on the first read. I might, might get on the second read or I might only decipher when it's, uh, when it's explained in the convo. So joint legislation isn't, it's grown on me a little, but it's still not my favorite. I, I actually enjoy the fictoid contest, make up fake facts about a, about a subject, but I'm not very good at them. My, uh, my, my hit record for the fictoids is fairly low. And we'll see what happens next week because the results for a fictoid contest or fictoids about summer are coming out. Um, so we'll see whether I buck the, uh, the previous trend, but I usually don't, um, I, I, mean, I, I have zero, maybe one, not usually more than one in, in the fictoids. I thought you were gonna say you only score two of inks a week on those. Because <laughs> you usually <laughs> no, see like four or five. It's more, <laughs> more zero or one for the, the fictoids. Um, and it's, it's, it's not that I don't, don't like them, and I'm just, but I'm not as good at those. Everyone has to have a, an Achilles heel and only getting one or zero, I guess that's shows you're human. Do you have any favorite inks of your own and of other people? A couple that I particularly like, I mean, and some of these go way back. And, and one was by Eldon, way back from the first couple of years of the contest, where the contest was to come up with a cynical version of an inspirational saying. And, and Eldon's entry, I think it was the winner that week, was you can do anything if you want it bad enough. That is why we see so many people who can fly. <laughs> I, I love that one. That's one of my favorite too. And, and there was another, uh, another uh, also from very early in the contest, by Dave Zero, who was also, I think Eldon mentioned him as someone who got gotten into mm -hmm. every single year of the contest. The contest this week was to create a, a new word, a neologism from halves of two hyphenated words. Dave's neologism was pervagram, 
In the days before the telephone, people would use the telegraph to send obscene messages like <laughs> heavy breathing stop, heavy breathing stop. <laughs> I you know see why you like that. I, I don't remember that one, but that's yeah, great. That's, it's from way back. It's from <laughs> week 200 something. But I remember, I remember coming across that and going through archives and thinking that was really inspired. And another, another old one by Eldon that I liked was excuses, novel excuses. So an excuse for the unauthorized use of the HOV lane. Um, at Eldon's excuse was, it's okay, officer. This is a vehicle that I'm occupying, and I happen to be very high at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I, I like a couple more recent ones. This is by Mark Rathman, who's also been a star of the invite the last yeah. seven years. Yeah. A mess with your heads uh, entry, where the post headline was, doesn't get any easier for Virginia. And it goes about a you know, football or basketball team. So Mark's uh, drop headline was, take to be told there is no Easter Bunny. <laughs> nice i like that one too and a fictoid that i like by jonathan hardis was this is a, a fictoids about u.s history as a community organizer in the windy city young barack obama walked down eight roads before someone called him a man <laughs> there have been so many good ones it's hard to narrow down one more one more one by beverly sharp that i, that I like this is great this is for poems about script spelling bee words where one of the words in the script spelling bee was fucus, which is a kind of algae, F-U-C-U-S. So Beverly's poem featuring fucus was, a brownish type of algae is the, is the kind that's known as fucus. But if we mispronounce this word, they'll sure as heck rebuke us. <laughs> that's great. So those were uh, yes. those just some of my, my favorite things. And I guess some, some of my favorite um, of my own this is also a hyphen the terrible, combining two halves of hyphenated words. Evangelifunctory, paying lip service to conservative Christian principles. Sentence, before introducing Mr. Trump, Mr. Falwell made some evangelifunctory remarks about upholding <laughs> strong family values. This is a contest where you, you reimagine the movie for a given title. So a, a title of a movie that could be for a completely different plot and you supply a line. For the Cider House Rules, my line was, Man, oh man, this is one awesome cider house. <laughs> There's a contest about uh, for confessions, like confessions of a, of a secret vice or a secret shame. My, my entry was, I sometimes sneak up behind my coworkers and scare them by popping a paper bag. Look, you got to find the ways to pass the time when you're in the secret service. <laughs> and, and one other that I- Go ahead, um, please. This is a song. If you'll, if you'll permit me, I'm going to- give you a rendition of a song that, that won a, a recent contest. The contest was for songs about modern woes, something that's going on that, that you don't like. So my, my modern woe was gerrymandering. So I wrote a song to the tune, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, except it was Have Yourself a Gerrymandered District. Let's, let's see if, uh, let's see how this goes. Have yourself a gerrymandered district. Draw some artful lines. Make it look like twelve exploding porcupines. Have yourself a gerrymandered district. Slice and dice the votes. Safe seat even if they catch you screwing goats. Once we choose folks who stood for us, go do good for us, 
we said throughout those who were abusing us now they're choosing us instead draw it up so you can't be defeated be you saint or heal cause john roberts says that this is no big deal so have yourself a seat no one can ever steal that's a first on our show having a guest sing and i must tell you that i had to cover my mouth so my laughing wouldn't interrupt you <laughs> it was such a you have such a nice voice that i thought i, I didn't want Thank to um, profane the song by laughing during it so well done Thank Very you. Well, I, I helped take the lead in the uh, the invite holiday parties where we all um, we've been getting together at, at Steve Steve Langer's and uh, Allison Fultz's house in Silver Spring, and it's been the custom, the, the tradition, the last several years that we've all sung a bunch of song parodies. I helped lead those uh, parody singing when, when we do that, so I don't remember whether we've sung that one, but we have definitely sung a lot of great song parodies by a lot of uh, different folks at those uh, those occasions. Well, I'll have to check it out next time. We're, we're all together whenever that's going to be, hopefully uh, before two, 2021 ends. So let's go to, I've, I've changed the name just for this week of a regular feature called What Mike Liked and What the Guest Blessed. This week it's called What Mike Liked and What Dunk Thunk. Obviously you're the dunk. I will go first and tell you my top four from this week, which was about describing 2020. And then you'll go after if that, if that works for you. Sure. My number four is 2020 is so bad. Jerry Falwell Jr. had to stop watching by Frank Ozen, Pasadena, California. And all four of these, I laughed out loud. Very topical. That Jerry Falwell thing just kind of stuck with me. It's just, you, you can keep milking that for a while. Okay, so number three, if 2020 were a Facebook request, it would be from Stephen Miller. <laughs> and that's from David Schombert from Harrisonburg, Virginia. Excellent. <laughs> that guy's the creepiest. Not, not David Schombert, but Stephen Miller. <laughs> My number two, I'm not a lick spittle, so this is kind of embarrassing, but you'll recognize number two. 2020 has been so offensively bad it had to change its name to the Washington calendar year. <laughs> that's, that's by you. It's really funny. And you did that very well. And it kind of, you kind of slipped that in there. And now that they've changed their name, there are even more, there's even more jokes to be had. Yeah. But number one also will be recognizable to you. I was sorting these far out and this one, I laughed at, I don't usually laugh out loud at these, but I've laughed at all four of these. This one, the most. 2020 is like bribing a college admissions officer and ending up at Trump University. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, there's so many things that are tied into that with this, the two scandals in one, the college admission scandal and the uh, Trump University, fraudulent university and being rolled into 2020. So also by you, excellent, excellent. And, and by the rest of the gang. And it was kind of hard to get these four because there were a bunch of others I liked as well, but you know, you got to make your decision somewhere. So now I turn it to you. I'm, I'm eager to hear what your four favorite were. Frank Ozen's 
entry about Jerry Falwell was actually one I picked out as well. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was very good. A very clever way to bring in the, uh, a, a recent event that a, a lot of people were scandalized by, but also pretty amused by. Another one that I also really liked was by Danielle Nowlin. This, it needs the tone of voice, but once you, when you supply the tone of voice in your head, it, it really works. If 2020 apologized to us for all this, it would say, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> I, I also liked another one by Frank Bozen, which, and this is the winner. 2020 is like a Zoom work conference where everyone says goodbye, but then nobody is able to leave meeting. <laughs> also <laughs> very good. good. Way to, yep. Yeah, to capture the everyone's claustrophobic feeling. But I think my favorite one from this week was by J.D. Berry of Springfield, Virginia. And drug humor doesn't always work for me, but I really like this one. If 2020 were a nickel bag, it would be a bag with a nickel in it. <laughs> and it's, yes, and it's very short and punchy. So exactly. yes, it, it benefits from that as well. Anything um, I didn't ask you that you want to point out in, or event you've been to or anything you want to know or ask somebody? Yeah, I, I, should, I should have said one thing about the, my process. Most weeks I get my wife to read over my entries at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the process. And she'll sometimes say, you know, this one that you're gonna include is, is not funny. And, and I should say, I, all, I usually, and I, I'm known for this on LoserNet, I usually write too many entries um, deliberately because I find that my first 25 entries are not necessarily going to be my best entries. And so, you know, for some weeks it might go a little past 25 and for other weeks, like the horses, it might go way, way past 25. I'm not going to give you a number, but it's got three digits on it. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> so, so, so the, the, the process for many weeks in, involves going past 25 and then calling it down to 25 and then, getting my wife's input. Uh, so she might say, this one that, you, that you're gonna cut, you should include, and this one that you're, you're gonna include, you should really cut. That's part of the process as well. And, and, and there have been times when a, an entry that gets ink was one that she said, you know, no, you should include this. So it's, uh, her judgment is sometimes better than mine on what's, uh, what's ink worthy. Well, you have a secret weapon. That's incredible. That's my wife knows what it is and that I do it. And she's like, I don't understand your, I don't, you know, that's not my sense of humor, which a lot of people feel that way. And, but she knows I like it and she supports it. So that's great. You have a, a partner to vet your um, entries. I, I forgot I would be remiss not to ask you because people always ask me to ask, the, well, not always, a few people have asked me and since the podcast started to ask the guests this, which is how much time do you put into thinking about entries? You know, is it, it varies. For yeah. the horses, the horses take a while because first, you know, again, first I come up with uh, the word file of synonyms and associated words and then kind of work through each entry in the file, you know, against the, against the others. The horses will take a bunch of hours. Um, some of the others that are that are more free form, more, the, more about the one-liners, like the 2020, I might put in an hour or an hour and a half over the course of the week. There's no one answer, but the horses and something like mess with your heads and certainly the questionable journalism, where you really have to go through the paper and find the, find the sentences, those take, those take quite a few hours. And uh, if, if it weren't fun, I wouldn't be doing it. And I, I have fun 
writing that 60th or 80th entry, if I write 60 or 80, 80 entries, even though I know, okay, most of these are never gonna see the light of day. If I weren't amusing myself with, with writing the extra entries, I would stop at 25, but it's, um, it's for my own, my own enjoyment just as much as, uh, as anyone else's. Well, I could count on one hand the times I submitted 25 entries, maybe the horse contests every year, but I'm not sure I even submit 25 for that. I just can't come up with enough good stuff. Sometimes it's like, well, I'll just, I don't have 25. I'll I have 10 good ones and eight okay ones. I'll just submit eight, 18 of them. And once in a while, one of the ones that I thought was only okay wins. So, you know, why not? Yeah. And that's, and I've, I've just found when, if you keep going to 25, you'll be plumbing recesses in your brain for, for funny stuff that you, you might not have plumbed. And if you keep going to 30 or 35, there'll be more recesses in your brain that, that you're plumbing that you might, uh, and you might like entry 32 more than you liked entry one, and one or two. So it's worth getting into 25 if you can and going a little past if you, if you can, because the, you, you might discover a particularly inspired entry late in the process. I think it was Eldon who offered the wisdom, forget where he offered it, but it, I believe it was Eldon that said, you know, it's the most successful losers are the ones that put the, put the most energy and put the, put perspiration and, and energy into it. And it's not all the inspiration. It's not, it's, it's not all, not all inspiration. Sometimes it's just, you know, putting more work in. And I think Chris Doyle. That, yeah. Yeah. And Chris might've said that as yeah. well. Not my insight as such, but I think I, when I started submitting more regularly in 2015, I, I, I took counsel from, from the, from the elders who had been at it for a while. And I said, okay, if you're not going to put some, uh, put some elbow grease into this, you're not going to have much success at it. Well, I think the difference between you and me is that you plumb the recesses of your brain and my brain just goes on recess. So <laughs> <laughs> we can wrap it up at that. This has been great. I think we're, we're hitting our time. Okay. It's been a real pleasure to have you on. Well, maybe thank you for having me. Yeah, I'd love to have you on maybe later. We'd, we'd get you on maybe with Jesse or some, you know, or, or Chris or someone else. Kind of let the wit go flying. Really been a, an honor. And, and appreciate the chance to, uh, to chat with you and to follow in the footsteps of Chris and Eldon, whom, whose efforts and whose uh, in, inspired humor I'd been following for many years before I started submitting it at all regularly. And so it was, it was kind of a thrill to think, okay, I can rub, elbow, rub elbows with the Mark Rathmans and the Chris Doyles and Eldon Carnahan's of the world. And Jesse Frankovich and I, I think, started submitting regularly just around the same times. If he had been submitting regularly before then, I certainly would have been thinking the same about him. But it's fun just to be mentioned in the, in the same breath as folks who are, who are so good at this. So it's, uh, over time, it's sort of grown on me more and more. Thanks again. And thanks again to Jonathan Jensen for the theme song and Gil Glass for audio production. Word freaks, humor geeks, folks whose tongues are in their cheeks, welcome to the Style Invitational. Misfits, wags and wits, folks who laugh at naughty bits, here's a show that's fun and educational. You will meet our leading losers and learn the way they think. Take their tips and maybe you will see your name in ink. Empress Pat, aristocrat, she'll put out the welcome mat. So get in line and file in, soon you will be smiling. Welcome to the Style Invitational.